Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You know, it's mad. Every time I hear that intro, I just imagine we're like in a, a like really traditional Irish pub, and then we open like up the back room, and it's just like you know, like violet pink light floating around the room, and just people like sitting in long, you know, low chairs, going, "Hey, dude, what up?" That's yeah, that's exactly the effect I was going for. I think grand. Not yeah. honestly, not <laughs> wasn't the intro I was expecting. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, Jimmy. Actually, here's a question. Here, let's bring in questions straight to the point. Uh, what does everyone think of that intro? Do you like it? Uh, don't hurt our feelings. <laughs> no, do hurt our feelings. Uh, we don't have them, and any sort of uh, reaction makes us feel things again, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is sure to be grand. I'm Daniel. This is Pancake. Still. Haven't found a name Still that I like. Pancake, found, but yeah. his friends can call him Owen. Yeah, haven't found a name that I like more than Pancake yet to change it to. So I'm still running with Pancake for now. Yeah, well, you know, that's fine. Yeah, look, we're two Irish Egypts uh, who talk about movies, and this is what we do. Uh, this week, I had a choice to choose a movie, and it was a surprise, I'm sure, to everyone who knows me that I chose the Doctor Who movie of 1996, featuring Paul McGann as the Eighth Doctor. Ooh. Yeah, um, Owen's more of a Doctor Who fan than I am, aren't you, Owen? I am a massive Whovian. Ask me anything about the history of Doctor Who and I'll tell you. What colour is the TARDIS? Uh, yellow. Oh, he's good. He's See? good, lads. Yeah. He's good. I mean, I'm telling yeah. you. Ask, um, ask me another one. I know everything. Okay. Uh, what colour is the TARDIS? Green. <sighs> See? It's going to be a trick question, but you still got it. See? Hey, you can't trick me with these yeah. things, man. I'm just that good. I know third everything question, about it. Third question. All right, okay. You know the TARDIS? The, uh, no, what's the TARDIS? Uh, it's, it's the <laughs> time you should be. <laughs> That's a joke. Of course I know what the TARDIS <laughs> of is. Of course, yeah. Anyway, uh, what uh, class type is it like? You know, what production type number does it have? It's uh, type A. That's it. He's right, folks. Uh, correct him if you want, but he is the authority when it comes to Doctor Who. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, yes, the Doctor Who movie in 1996. I suppose I can kind of... Exfer- well, we'll go for what's the story about this later on. But uh, The movie itself is the seventh Doctor um, has been called to the planet Scarrow, where the Master has been called uh, to um, a judgment to see if he's innocent or not by the Daleks. Interesting, retroactively people have now considered this to be like the first early stages of the time war when they're trying to like, the tunnels are trying to like be friendly with the Daleks. Like, hey, yeah, you can bring the master to trial. Everything's cool. But at the moment, at the time, it's just a weird plot device because why would the Daleks ever take the master to trial? It makes no sense. Well, anyway, that's what happens. But, you know, knowing the master, he has figured out how to cheat death just a little bit more. Uh, they land in San Francisco on... Like the 30th of December um, in 1999, during the whole millennium. And the and millennium bug eats the TARDIS. That's, that's the deleted scenes, yeah. Um, I should, we should probably say, like, I'm actually 
the big Doctor Who fan. <laughs> the terribly annoying Doctor Who fan. But yeah, that's basically the story. Uh, you know, he finds a female companion, he runs around, acts smart, uh, the master's there. Um, yeah, uh, the master's yeah. there, isn't he? The master is certainly there. He's more. He's the most <laughs> there I've ever seen anyone be. And this was a... Um, yeah, straight to TV movie directed by uh, Jeffrey Sachs, written by Matthew Jacobs, produced by Peter V. Ware and Matthew Jacobs also for uh, Fox TV uh, in conjunction with Universal Worldwide Studios and BBC Worldwide, starring Paul McGann, Sylvester McCoy, Daphne Ashbrook, Yi Ji So, and Eric Roberts, with a cameo from William Sasso. That's, that's correct. Yes. In actually, one thing that I thought was funny: the director Jeffrey Sachs. I don't know if he pronounces his name Joffrey because he spells it with the G. Oh, uh, yeah, he has the he di- spelling, he yeah. directed that Stormbreaker movie. Did he? Yeah, which we were actually talking about the other day. It's weird how this things like this keep popping mm. up. But we were talking about it, how awful it is. <laughs> um, it's almost like Bad Wolf showing up all over season one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, anyway, he di- he directed Stormbreaker, the um, the first attempt at making an Alex Ryder movie, which was terrible. And Matthew Jacobs, the writer, guess what he wrote? Go on. He re- he came up with the story for the Emperor's New Groove. Huh. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's very good. It's a good movie. He didn't write yeah. the actual script, but the st- he wrote the story. Yeah. So like he he didn't do the dialogue and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, he wrote the stuff. He came up with that. Well, I don't. It's probably based on something. He wrote that. Is what I'm trying to say. Fair play, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So there you go, folks. I suppose we should get into the actual story. Top of the morning. Oh, sorry. What was that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. We must have crossed some wires there. Sorry, folks. She's she just won't leave. Sorry. No. Let me try that again. Sorry. 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 Okay. Let's get into the story of it. Um, so this is this was movie came out after Classic Who kind of finished. Uh, so Classic Who was kind of basically cancelled in 1989 with Sylvester McCoy, the Seventh Doctor. The BBC, especially Michael Gard, who was head of um, drama at the BBC, I believe was his title or whatever like that. He saw other things like Star Wars and Star Trek and looked at Doctor Who as his kind of embarrassing thing that the BBC shouldn't sponsor. And, you know, over a couple of years, Doctor Who had had a few knocks taken out of it. And, you know, they eventually cancelled it in 1989. Eventually, the movie was picked up. And we got this straight-to-television movie, even though I believe it wasn't some cinemas in um, the UK, which is understandable, but it wasn't um, made for uh, cinema release. And we have Sebastian McCoy come back. At the beginning, he's, you know, sitting in a nice armchair in the TARDIS, eating jelly beans, reading the time machine. And, like, first of all, like, I I adore this, this set. I think, like, at least the TARDIS console set is gorgeous. What do you think? Yeah, yeah it's pretty nice. It's, yeah. it's, it's a hell of a lot different to any TARDIS interior I've ever seen. Yeah, and there's a... F- yeah, there it's it's quite a bit different. Except you know you have things like Matt Smith's first TARDIS and then Capaldi's TARDIS that had that TV screen that they could pull down and look at. 
So mm-hmm. like that was a kind of that they brought over, but yeah, it was it was yeah. But this is certain. This one is like a whole. It's a lot bigger. It's a big room that just happens to have the control console in it. It yeah. looks like a library with, or like a smoking room or something. Yeah, and, and you can kind of see he has everything he needs inside this console room. Like there's just a shelf for books. There's a shelf for what I assume is like financial stuff. If you land on a planet, you need money to spend because um, later on in the movie, there's like bags of gold dust. So I'm assuming like, you can pick those up. And if you ha- have to head out to the TARDIS and like spend money, you actually have currency from that planet. It's all the spoils that the Doctor has from yes. conquering planets and stuff. One Whatever thing they don't know does. about Doctor is that he actually comes back to the same place, like you know, a few hours later, and just loots everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he does that every time. <laughs> yeah. Say um, he expects payment as well. That's the thing people don't yeah, get yeah. about the Doctor. He's not doing this for free. Yeah. He's actually American. Uh, you know, no free healthcare. So, no, you know, you none, have to pay. Yeah. You have to, and it's like highest bid wins, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If you don't have health insurance, he's not going to save your planet. The Daleks are terribly um, shit for money. That's why he keeps killing them. Like, you know. Mm, they, yeah, they, they owe him. Spe- yeah. They owe him, like, payment for something. There's a deal gone yeah. wrong. But, yeah, so uh, we have Sylvester McCoy, a great doctor, really. And, you know, there's a lot of fans who would argue that the last season of Classic Doctor Who actually started picking up again, but maybe too late in the game for that. Yeah, I was just go- I was just about to ask, because I don't know, like, I have no, I've never seen an episode of Classic Who. I don't know really no. anything about, like, I know what the class, what the old Doctors look like and whatever, but I don't really know anything about any of them. Like, did people like Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor? at the Or, like, I, th- I, I guess people like him now, but did they <clears throat> like him then? I know that... Every kid, uh, any friend I have who was a kid at the time of Sebastian McCoy loved Sebastian McCoy. They loved, I think the big thing is that, so the, the doctor pre- previously to him was Colin Baker and from a mixture of, you know, producer and director meddling in the background, the sixth doctor wasn't, like, I'll tell you this way, when the sixth doctor regenerated into himself, um, like, we have this episode where he starts strangling Perry his companion thinking because he has like this post regeneration madness. And then that was one episode. We see him doing that and he's cocky and he's brash and he's, he's kind of like, he's kind of a recreation of the first doctor. He's very like cocky, really just all about himself. And then there was no um, episode for like a good few months so all people had was that impression of this guy who strangled his companion. And yes, there were some gems in Colin's era, and he's great in big finished audio, but that era wasn't very much liked. And so when Sylvester McCoy came up, they kind of tried to change it back all up again. And the first season was a little bit, you know, not amazing, um, what a lot of people say, but the, like Sylvester McCoy's, you know, later stuff was like really interesting and dark because he played this clown kind of doctor you know like oh i'm silly and all that but very much kind of like what matt smith would be is like he had a darker turn he had plans and he'd do things without telling his companions and put them in danger knowing that he has to do this to like weed out someone evil so yes he he was popular to i think a lot of people who were younger at the time watching it but it was a little too late 
I, I probably went a bit on there. Anyway, um, so yeah, he, uh, Sylvester McCoy's there, and you know we see him packing away the master's remains, and he relaxes back in his chair, and we discover, oh, the master is still alive somehow in a ectoplasmic snake sort of creature. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> is it described in the book somewhat. It, it's just like this morphic thing that, yeah, it's it look it's silly stuff. And, it's, it's you know, awful. it goes into the TARDIS console and makes a crash land in 1999 San Francisco at the turn of the millennium. You know, we see, I think it's a Chinatown or at least an area like that. And we see a character called Chang Li trying to run away from the triads. And obviously he's in a gang himself and all that. And they're about to shoot him down and the TARDIS comes, protects them. But as the doctor goes, walks out, he gets shot. He's down. He gets rushed to hospital. And you know, as you imagine, the hospital doesn't know how to treat him properly. They try to do like experimental surgery to see what's up inside him, and uh, he dies. The, quotation marks. The doctor is an alien with two hearts. For anybody who doesn't know, yes, oh, I, I, yes, that's actually a very good point. Uh, the doctor is a time lord, Gallifreyan, other alien, two hearts, regenerates. I mean, I th- feel like they should probably have known when I said regenerate a lot. But he could be a magician. Ah, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a million miles yeah. out of there, is there? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He is. He's a, anyway. Yeah. He's an alien with two hearts and yeah, thirteen lives. Yeah, look, whatever. so they rush to the hospital. Uh, this doctor tries to uh, save him, and she's actually ends up being, you know, she's Grace Halloway. She's going to be the doctor's companion for the movie. She's um, a saving the, grace. Saving grace. She's at the opera, Madame Butterfly by Puccini. Jesus, I know things when it comes to Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and this snake monster thing comes out of the TARDIS, takes a poor ambulance driver, medic, and he turns into the master after doing weird kinky spit shit in his room with his, the body's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that hey, happened. Um, Eric Roberts. So, like, one thing uh, we've noticed in this movie is there's a few uh, Jesus parallels. Did you notice that? Oh, uh, massively at the start. <laughs> like, yeah. from the moment Paul McGann, like, wakes up in the morgue as in his, well, he, like, the new doctor, Paul McGann. When he, he wakes up, like, on a morgue table with a, tag on his toe like he's they're supposed to be doing an autopsy on him the next morning and it's immediate there's just like constant the messiah has been reborn after three days yeah. in a cave allegories like everywhere the imagery is so heavily like jesus is risen like Here and it's is. not just a shroud it's like he comes out of basically what looks like a tomb <laughs> you know yeah and he does his um 40 days in the desert i guess is him in the weirdly Falling apart, abandoned re- wing of the hospital. Yeah, um, like this. You know, you imagine this, like maybe there could there could be a window open in an abandoned wing of the hospital, something like that. But there's like a pipe sticking out of the roof, just spilling water into the middle of this hospital room. Mm-hmm. There's broken glass everywhere, and he's just walking around in the shawl. And you know, this is not even like um, one single room in a hospital. It's it's a he walks on a car- darkened corridor. There's no lights. Like this is it's it's basically the west wing of a hospital. Like yeah, yeah. It's not. It's 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 almost as if it's. I don't know if it's under construction or it's like 
I don't see I'm any really construction. Sure. Just like stuff that was left there. Yeah, I don't know if they just didn't finish the hospital, yeah. but it makes for some nice yeah. imagery. Sort of. Do you think <laughs> there's a part of me wants to now check? Is it like it's the same hospital as some some scrubs? You know, like so many shows use the scrubs hospital because it was just an empty hospital for their shows. Yeah, I mean it could be. I don't yeah. know to be honest. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so you know we see the doctor and um, doing this whole. He he has amnesia. Um. He looks like clocks because. Oh yeah, I'm a time lord. He doesn't know that though. But every time, like time, time, time. You know it's. They're laying it heavy on the whole motif there. And, you know, eventually he catches up with Grace Holloway and they go on their merry adventure. And, you know, the mass, like the doctor knows that the TARS is going to turn inside out. The master wants to steal the doctor's remaining bodies. And it's all of a, you know, countdown to the millennium. And you have to do it on the millennium or, you know, the world. And it's this beautiful quote that I really like. Where the doctor always just goes like, <laughs> um, you know, like, the, because the world's slowly been turned inside out, you have all these massive, crazy weather patterns, and everyone's like going insane on the news saying, and like, "Oh, you know, people might be wondering what the millennium has to do with all these strange weather patterns." Well, and they give some sort of explanation that this is just a thing that comes around every thousand years. And the doctor just looks like, oh, "I love humans. Always seeing patterns and things that aren't there." And it's just like, it's it's true. I it's again that whole. I think. Like, when you usually get, like, an alien that cares about Earth, it's because he's like, oh, humanity has this greatness in them, and they will be protected. And then there's just the doctor going, these lads are mad. Love it. <laughs> you know? Aren't they cute? Yeah. Very <laughs> much so. It, bit condescending, really. Yeah, so, uh, look, we got a few facts about the doctor. He's, he knows he was on Gallifrey as a child with his father looking at the asteroids going across the sky and going all different colors, and he loves that. And then um, the master um, somehow is able to look through the doctor's eyes because he broke into the TARDIS. And the master looks at the doctor's pupils and says, oh, that's the retina of a human. The doctor is half human, which, let me just say, uh, started a huge debate amongst Doctor Who fans, which lasted well into like the late 2000s. You know, it, it lasted up to, like, even Capaldi's time. Like, it, I think people are still talking about it, honestly. Because it was never really mentioned after that, except in, some, like, maybe some books or some audio dramas and all that kind of stuff. But it's canon, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the movie's actually canon. Um, so it's a fact. There's nothing it's, to it's, debate. It's a fact, yeah. Well, see, I, some audio dramas have kind of played with the idea that it was reprogrammed to make it appear like that, and then there was another one that... There's a there was a comic book that implied that the doctor at some stage, probably in the seventh form, used um a chameleon's um sir a chameleon was it the chameleon circuit um do, do you remember in David Tan's era where scarecrow episode uh nope uh, when the doctor turned himself human and uh, he nope. lost all his memories and he was with Martha Jones nope um, never watched it okay. Okay, Grant, that's fine. I haven't it's watched. Good I haven't watched Tennis stuff. Really? No, at all. Don't like him. Ooh, I've only seen. Like I've, I started <laughs> watching when Matt Smith became the Doctor. I've seen all of Matt Smith's stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've seen all of Capaldi, and I've seen bits and pieces of Tennant. Okay, and you haven't watched much of Jodie at all, did you? I watched the first like two episodes. 
And I I'm pretty I think I've seen like one or two episodes of Eccleston as well, maybe. But I don't like him okay. either. So fair enough. Um anyway, in answer to your question, I do not remember that, but do not let that stop you from Yes. Continuing. Um, okay. <laughs> so the doctor basically disguises himself as a human, but he he forgets who he is and all that kind of stuff. But in the comic, um the eighth doctor basically explained that he used a half broken communion circuit to disguise himself semi as human, and that's how it explains the thing in the book and in the movie. Which you know, it's just, it's mostly just fans going. He's not half human. It's, stop. Yeah, it's it, that just sounds like people who didn't like it grasping for reasons to explain why it wasn't quite yeah, like pretty much. And I'm pretty man, sure he's half human. All right. Yeah, and let's not bring up the whole loom thing. There are some fans, as I said, loom who are probably going. Oh yeah, let's not talk about that. So you know, the doctor's half human in this movie. I th- think it's it's the intent of what the writer wanted anyway mm-hmm. i don't uh, i i don't particularly see what relevance it has to the story i think the only relevance it has is it makes the doctor rather not be a random strange alien bloke who goes around saving people just because mm-hmm. he's a decent person and turns him into someone saying hey better look after the other side of the family yeah i guess yeah. but like in the in in the plot of this movie it's not particularly important um, the only way it's important is because the master can't open up the Eye of Harmony because the Eye of Harmony for him, for the TARDIS, is programmed to open up for human eyes. And the, you know, the doctor has human eyes, so he can open it. So that, that's the only real difference. That's why he got Chang Li yeah. to open up the Eye of Harmony. Yeah, but then, I, I mean, it's not like he needs the doctor to open it. No, no, but he realizes that's... Oh wait, yeah, and okay, that, that's, that's doc- a fair point. He finds out afterwards. And the doctor says at the end that he's never opened it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, so it's just like it, I like. I mean, it's obviously something that the writer threw in. Wanted, it's probably yeah. something so fans would go, "What? Oh my god, what a revelation!" And like, so I n- have to watch the movie. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> there is a little bit more to it. It's that. This movie was kind of a backdoor pilot for a new TV show, and they already had started written, writing like um, a, a story canon, a Bible like, and it was going to be that the master and the doctor were actually brothers, that the doctor was half human, that the doctor's father was Ulysses, all this kind of stuff, and Sorry, they even like Ulysses. Yes, you heard that right. I'm not sure that the intent was Ulysses as in the actual Ulysses, or it, if it was one of those things that that was going to be the Doctor's father's name, just in general. Okay. You know? Yeah, right. Sure. That's why we get it. the mention of the father and all this kind of stuff. And actually, there's some video on YouTube out there of Paul McGann reading some lines about, oh, these are the scrolls of Rassilon, the dark scrolls, and they reveal these things, and, oh, I'm half-brother of the Master. It was, basically, they were taking the plot of Doctor Who and trying to be, of American like movie flair to it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There are, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things that are fairly, yeah, nineties America about. This. Yeah, I mean, the movies is a very nineties movie, like, oh, like, even the music and all that. It's it's like it's the epitome of nineties TV movie, yeah, just and, distilled and into its purest form. And if we're gonna talk about nineties TV movie and why it's so nineties. We should probably talk about Eric Roberts, the master in this. <sighs> He's so iconic. if I said this master was camp, I think I'd be understating it, yes? 
Oh, I, I, I don't even know how to describe him. He's just immaculate, and he's in a different movie. He's on a different plane of existence to everybody else in this thing. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's very much like you were saying, you know, chewing the furniture, running up the walls. Oh, he's absolutely, he's eating the scenery all around him. He's just yeah, devouring everything. He's just says, screw <laughs> this. I'm, I'm going all in on this. Yeah. This is my moment. And my God, is it his moment. Here's actually a fun fact. Um, the host of Eric Roberts' master, Bruce, his wife in it was actually his wife, like Eliza Roberts. Oh, the woman that he's in bed with, like when he gets taken yeah, over by the... <laughs> Ectoplasm. Call me master. Cobra. Okay, master, come back into bed. And he just like does that choke and oh, like the weirdest God, like shh finger to the lips moment I've ever seen in any movie. It's like, what are his lips made of? <laughs> I what's any of him made of in this thing? Yeah. Because he's just like, <laughs> but like it's 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 really hard to explain. It's just such a sight to behold when you see but, it's kind of honestly, it's like it's like a Nicolas Cage performance. At times, like at times. when he's just he's just completely just going for it, and he's just a bit unhinged in places, and it's just it's just big. <laughs> like ev- every single thing, ev- all of his line deliveries are big. He, there's no subtlety. Yeah. He's just I'm. Do- this is big. I'm going yeah. loud, and I'm going raucous, and I'm going for it. But you know. The interesting thing I would say is that um, the masters that came after him, excluding things like Big Finish, who were talking about um, Sim and Gomez, they were, you know, the ones of the modern era. They definitely took a little bit more of the unhinged from that era. I mean, you know, I know the previous master was Ainsley, and he could be quite unhinged and a bit flamboyant and all this kind of stuff, but I think modern ho- Doctor Who... And oh Jesus, even Sasha Dewan. Um, they're all a lot more loony bin than classic masters have been. You know, this kind of up the wall, manic, crazy master. Yeah, I can see I could see definitely the comparison with Bleach Blonde guy. John Sim, yeah. John Sim. He kinda went for it big time. I think um Michelle Gomez's master was like insane, but her performance was a lot more like controlled a lot of the time yeah it wasn't it wasn't like her madness was punching out no people, she did a, she, she was like yeah i'll still eat you for lunch <laughs> yeah she was clearly insane like the character yeah. was nuts but like her performance wasn't like eric roberts in yeah. this because she there was actual some nuance and sort of like yeah quiet acting to what she did like this yeah, was just yeah, there's none of that in eric roberts <laughs> and I, i'm not sure if he knows how to do that maybe i don't know the thing is, okay, like most Doctor Who um, actors, uh, he's had a reemergence in Big Finishes Doctor Who, which is an audio play series, um, and it's absolutely fantastic. I recommend it to any Doctor Who fan. He's he's been back as his character, fighting alongside other masters, and he's 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 getting a box set coming out there. So even though this master was one of those laughable things about the movie, I think people in retrospect, have started to soften towards who well, his master was. Is he the, Does he play the master the same in the audios? From, so what, from what I, the audios I've heard so far, he actually it's a little bit more subdued. It's mm. a little bit more dark and menacing. It's a little bit more 
I'm in disguise. I'll mess with you. I'll get what I want. I'll go to any lengths. Well, it's a lot less. And I always dress to the occasion. You know, he doesn't do that. Like, you yeah. know. And how, how exactly, how do they explain in the audiobooks, like, why is the master possessing this man's body still? So at the end of the movie, the master gets pulled into the Eye of Harmony. The TARDIS digests him. And everyone lives happily ever after. Except the master, who is stuck in this kind of, like, time vortex limbo sort of situation and he gets freed a couple of times i guess like um ainsley's master he is still looking for a way to fix himself because i think the snake thing only lasted so long he's now in this body so he has to figure out some way of getting a new body and it's not as simple as just you know spitting out a snake i guess and does he does he find one is that how uh, we got we, uh, Bleach Blonde Radiohead? So, guy? actually, okay. So it depends if you're going to listen to the audios or if the show is the only true canon. But at one stage, the master escapes the time vortex. I think it was in an audio book called Mastermind. And I think he possesses someone. It, it, it's been a while since I listened to this, but he possesses someone else and he he runs this gang and he just basically takes over each body every time and then eventually he he gets a new body and in big finish and then we get you know the child war doctor and then we get the war doctor and then we go into john sim because that's where we get john sim's master from it's from derek jacoby who also used the comedian circuit to like disguise himself okay okay so basically <laughs> between Eric Roberts, master. I've opened and, a wormhole. <laughs> and Derek Jacobi or John Sim. There's been there's a quite a few masters, but if you look at just the television series, it is implied that the master who was Derek Jacobi ran away from the time war, ran to the end of time, and the Doctor eventually stumbles into him. But he's he's wearing a disguise. He doesn't even know he is himself the master. And then he gets reminded that oh, you have a fob watch which can turn you back into a time lord. And he looks into it. and He turns into the master again and then he gets like fatally wounded by his assistant and he, and he goes oh if the doctor can be young so can i and he, he you know transforms into uh johnson ah fair enough yeah i look it's it's doctor who um anyone who's watched it knows there's about thousand answers and they're all stupid <laughs> i love doctor who but they're all stupid let's be fair they're all stupid no you back there denying it no it's stupid. It's stupid. Still love it, but it's stupid. Hey, okay, good. You won't hear any arguments from me. <laughs> and like, like you, Owen can say this to everyone, I've been a Doctor Who fan since 2005, and when I, I say I have consumed media from Doctor Who, uh, Owen can testify to that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I, love, I love this show. I love Big this time. franchise. But... It's a little bit embarrassing at times. And you have to kind of get over it. Please get over it. <laughs> please, I please, please, Doctor Who fans. <laughs> get over like, yourselves. <laughs> like, don't take the series. This, like, this is a madman in a box. You know, that's it. That's what the show is. And we can talk. Like, of course, sometimes it has really deep, important morality and philosophies and all that. But a lot of the times it's running around with a magic wand going, ha ha, I'm clever. You know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of magic wand. 
Cool. I was reading that um, Sylvester McCoy used the um, sonic screwdriver upside down in a scene in this movie, and he said he got <laughs> it wrong. He was holding the, the screwdriver the wrong way around in the shot, so they blurred. Oh, so it's pointing at him rather than Yeah, he was away. pointing it the wrong way, so they they blurred the, scu- the screwdriver in post so people wouldn't notice. And then they found out afterwards that the screwdriver that he has apparently can be used both ways or something. <laughs> So they went yeah, to, they just did a Doctor Who thing as yeah. well. <laughs> I was reading it in the goofs thing earlier. I was like, oh. wow. Yeah, they went to all this trouble. They were like, oh shit, people are really going to go crazy now that he was holding the screwdriver upside down. So they blurred it out and like tried to hide it. And then I think afterwards somebody was like, yeah, no, McCoy's screwdriver, he can use that both ways. It doesn't, it's fine. It has two ends lo- or something. Do you want to love about this? They went, oh no, this will upset the fans. And then now we're into it. Yeah, he's half human. Yeah, he's half human. Hey, look, by the way. he just kissed that woman. What? Dun, dun, <laughs> you know? dun. Which, you know, another thing is like, the doctor wasn't a very sexual being then until like the eighth doctor. Yeah. So like Paul McGann is the first doctor that fucks. Because like yeah. the new doctors fuck. They do. Yes, they do. Absolutely. They do. Like definitely. Or, <laughs> he's the first doctor to kiss um, people. Yeah. Without any sort of emotion or chemistry. Yeah. Oh God. There's none at all. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. They just, yeah. They literally just smushing like, faces. It's just like. Because like the one of the, a running theme of like Matt Smith's and David Tennant's eras was that the companions were all in love with him. Yeah. They were all hot women who were just the like, best person ever. Yeah. They were like, God damn, look at him in his bow tie, his floppy hair. I love him. His chin, which is definitely designed for a person three times his size. <laughs> Poor Aunt Matt. Yeah. No, we're not going to start giving out Matt like we do by Colin Farrell. Uh, we might. <laughs> we might. Does Matt Smith take a lot of cooking? I mean, when he was playing the doctor, maybe. You wouldn't be surprised. If he was you? method acting, that's kind of the, <laughs> what he was going for, I think. If he said, yeah, every time we cut yeah. the scene, uh, I snorted a line, you'd be like, I yeah, think, I yeah, that was it. his thing. I'm the doctor, but I'm on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, like, someone has said this before, like, some people think he's a lot like David Tennant's doctor, just super hyper, which I disagree with, personally. Um, I think they're very kind of different incarnations. Um, Jody's more like the 10th doctor and the 11th doctor. Yeah. Oh, Peter Davidson's doctor. There's a few. Uh, let's not get into the Jody debate. Not, uh, yeah. Look, some people like her, some people don't. Let's not. Yeah, I mean, you can discussion. say that for all of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, there's some doctors that, like, so the fourth doctor doesn't rate very highly for me. Um, you know, and he's like the classic doctor to a lot of people. That's long scarf guy. Yeah, Tom Baker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He has a scar. Uh, you know, that's all I know. He's though. the one that always shows up in like Futurama and like Simpsons to reference Doctor Who. Yeah, he's like his the his he's the iconic image of the Doctor that they have to use probably because he's has the most obvious costume. Yeah, I guess. But even nowadays, it's it's kind of like a mix. It's either David Tennant or it's Tom Baker. You know, because David Tennant is still like the most popular. And here's the thing: I'm not a big fan of David Tennant's Doctor. Either. I mean, I, I don't mind his incarnation. I used to have a lot of visceral towards his incarnation, but now it kind of warmed back up to him and I enjoy it, but it doesn't really rank high and that's not a very popular opinion, you know? No, definitely not. <laughs> Even the, the little I, my little experience with the whole thing is people love David Tennant. Yeah. Way more the, than I think is appropriate. 
but you know, he's yeah. fine. I don't mind him. I yeah. I I don't think David Tennant's doctor is not has very little to do with why I find the show hard to watch, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you like the doctor going mental and being smart and that that's your thing. Like you, you like the doctor really go like up the walls kind of. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I like I like Matt Smith is a epic speech kind of guy. Yes, he is. He does his and speeches I, really well. And I like that. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. That's fun. But it's more it's more I think um Matt Smith really had a budget. I oh, think no, no. Both both shows had a budget, alright. Oh, I don't know. There's a weird sort of like I don't know. There's a weird color palette to everything in Eccleston and Tennant and it's all um, I mean none Eccleston of it looks is, good. Everything's orange or green. Yeah. It's just yeah. weird. It's just, I don't know. But, like I mean, it, Smith is more blue, but it's also more yeah. like they had like new cameras, so it looks good. Yeah, for Eccleston, they still had the like the SD cameras, I think, at the time. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of was still the same with um, David Tan's first season. But I think it improved a little bit later, but yeah, there's definitely a camera quality change. And even like if you look at Jody's stuff, I would say like Jody's. From a cinematography point of view, it's, it's gorgeous. It's oh, much, much got, nicer. The like, BBC yeah. got that 4K now, baby. Oh, yeah. And it looks like, you know, whatever you feel about the show, like, it visually looks a lot better, you know? Yeah. Though that is... TARDIS interior, oof. Yeah, so at the end, um, the Doctor's companions, or uh, Chang Lee and um, Grace. Grace Halloway, are dead. Um, oh, we, we missed the second Jesus thing where Paul McGann is crucified with yeah. thorns on his head. Yep. <laughs> he sure is. Yeah. And yeah, so you know, they both of them die because the master does stuff and then the master jumps at the doctor and the doctor blinds the master midair, which obviously puts the master off on his flight path. Um <laughs> and yeah. he you know, he, he falls into the Eye of Harmony. And then the they doctor fakes wanting to save him. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, yeah, hold my hand. Take my yeah. hand, Matt. Just reach a bit farther, Matt, doctor. <laughs> I'm trying. No, my God, you're falling. I'm right here. No, oh, no, he's gone. He's dead. Guys. Oh, my childhood friend. Yeah. Oh, no. I got, and I then he's like, oh, the TARDIS just made a burp sound. Indigestion. <laughs> Lols. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't want like if he really wanted to save him, he wouldn't have caused him to blindly fall into the army in the first place. It's like (laughs) I'm murdering you. Oh no, I gotta pretend to be the good guy. Sorry. And you know, of course, then comes the American ending, and you know the the two companions on the ground and the dead, and the doctor's on his knees and he's sad and all that, and the tardis, of course shoots a little bit of orange light out and brings them back to life. And he goes, what a sentimental old thing. And I know it's a cheesy thing, but I do like it. I like the Doctor going like, ah, good old TARDIS. (laughs) That's just basically Doctor Who, isn't it? Just like, ah, good old TARDIS. That one line where he's like, ah, this TARDIS is a sentimental old thing. or something. Yeah, That was nice. nice That was like, yeah. yeah. That felt like Doctor Who, you know? Yeah, it felt like the Doctor. I think, yeah, exactly. to me, or at least my experience of the character. Yeah. Because up until that point. Yeah. You didn't like Paul McGann all that well. I mean, you didn't hate him, but you didn't really fall in love with him. Uh, no, not at all. No, like, I mean, I don't know if he, this was enough time to really 
because he didn't exactly, this is basically like the little five minute piece that the new doctor gets when the old one regenerates into him sort yeah. of thing at times. So he was kind of spent most of it going, I don't know who I am. I can't remember my name. I'm blah, 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 I'm wandering around. And then like, but just in general, I thought his performance was fairly wooden and not very exciting. Personally, I like the Eighth Doctor. You're saying it's wooden, but there's a lot of like very, like he does the very Fifth Doctor and what later would be Tenth Doctor where when he gets frustrated, he talks quite loud and grace, listen to me. There's a lot of that going on, which I don't know, feels very modern Doctor Who and it feels very sort of like that character like in you know i have my biases because you know, like i said big finish and there were the doctor who bbc novels and and they were all like have some really great characterization and in big finish they actually have paul mcgann reprising his role and he actually had so many audio books and um, audio plays i should say that um, for a long time he called himself both the shortest and longest doctor because yes he was the shortest on tv because he was only in a movie but then he was also on you know so so many audio plays and you know like when i say when i'm making the distinction between audiobooks and audio plays it's an audiobook is just someone who reads the book narrates it audio plays are actually actors acting against each other sound effects and usually no narration you know so it's basically like you're watching an episode of doctor who but you don't see the visuals that's it like a podcast Kind of like a podcast. Wow. Oh, imagine we did podcasts and we talked about Doctor Who for a bit too long and not about the movie. Imagine. Oh. Who, would, who would go for that? Certainly not the millions <laughs> of Doctor Who fans out there. <laughs> yeah, that's but a, that's, um, yeah, that's so <laughs> I, I like Paul McGann. I think he's quite, still quite young. And actually, here's a fun fact. So the hair he has in that is a wig. Um, he actually had a shaved head because I believe he was in the Alien 3 movie. And he had his head shaved for that. So, and then he did the, this movie and he was like, oh, maybe I'll get to be the first doctor who has like short cropped hair. That'd be so cool. And he went, uh, no. And then, <laughs> sure enough, um, in 2005, Chris Ferguson took over. He sure did. <laughs> and they asked him to do this, didn't they? Did they ask him, Chris Ferguson? I think they, they invi- did, yeah. They invited Eccleston and Peter Capaldi to audition for the role of the doctor and they both said they- no. There were some weird ones on there as well. I believe Jim Carrey as well was um, like linked to it for a little Seriously, while. That would have been incredible. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't hate that. No, I mean, he would have matched Eric Roberts' performance. So that would, <laughs> have, would have just been, been there for know. an hour just twisting faces at each other. <laughs> yeah, basically. Just screaming. That would have been awesome. Daphne Brooks just in the corners having a cigarette going... Oh, fuck. <sighs> just, just, they'll tire themselves out eventually and I'll get to say my line. <laughs> Two <funny>. weeks later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be, well, yeah, that would have been great. That's pretty much the story and that's like 50% of more Doctor Who facts than you probably asked for. Well, we shall strike a balance between culture and fun. Now, he'd be a good doctor. Brendan Gleeson? Yeah, I, I look. Would he? I, I want to just watch people that you wouldn't think be the traditional doctor. Yeah, maybe. Have you seen old, his Trump? You know? Um, I haven't yet. I, I want to watch the movie. All right, it's pretty good. Is it good? Yeah. Uh, the thing itself is not great. It's a bit like I don't know. They kind of make. Him a they, bit. Uh, no, not him. Not him at all. It's not about him. 
it's more but James Comey is who it's about and it kind of makes out James Comey was like an American hero or something but, oh, uh, okay it's fine yeah. he's only in the second episode uh but he's 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 like it's a very good performance but it's not an amazing Trump impersonation okay I'll put it that way he's very very good in it but it's it's not he's not just doing a straight up like it's not an Alec Baldwin's SNL thing yeah. like it's yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's okay sometimes for um, impressions. Like, you're not always trying to mimic them perfectly either, right? Yeah. Yeah, he definitely... Yeah. Brendan Gleeson definitely... Gives the spirit across, does he? he? Yeah. Oh, he does. Like, he does He does a, a pretty good attempt at the accent, and he gets all the mannerisms yeah. right and everything. And the wig does, like, you know, he he looks like him enough. Yeah. Um, but he definitely plays him as more of, like, a... Like, he knows what he's doing, and he's, like, mm. actively manipulating people and... Like, oh, it shows him as a mastermind, like. Yeah, kind of. Not not completely, but he's definitely like that. The the like, oh, I'm an idiot who just spews out words without thinking is kind of an act, and he he knows he knows what he's doing with people, kind of thing. Okay, so those are the things we didn't like about the Doctor movie. Yeah, Trump, mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, look, we'll get you starting on this because I'll probably have a million points. But uh, tell me some things you liked about the movies. Okay, well, number one, it's pretty obvious. Every single thing that Eric Roberts does in this movie is perfect. And I would not change a single bit of it. He's incredible. He makes everybody else in the movie look small and too serious. Maybe that's why you thought the 8th Doctor was wooden. Maybe the 8th Doctor was actually plenty of Maybe it could have been if, yeah, I just, he's just perfect. Just, it's just, I love it so much. He's so over the top TV movie villain. And it's just, ah, oh, it's just so, a sight to behold. Like the whole time, every time, even when he's when they're right in the ambulance chase is amazing. When he has like snake eyes for some reason. Talking about the like, ambulance scene, do you wanna? Oh yeah, I have it here. <laughs> clip, clip numero uno of Eric Roberts' doctor. Top of the morning. Ah oh, damn it, <laughs> Judy Dench again. Judy Gowdy, God, Jesus Judy, Christ, what are you doing here? Time, will you? She's. I, I just can't get rid of her. Sorry, I think Judy Jeez. Dench's Artemis Fowl character is haunting my soundboard. Hang on, no, this is it. All right, this is the real one. What are we waiting for? Well, the road's still blocked. This is an ambulance. Right. <laughs> just listen to the way he says that. This line. is an ambulance. This is an ambulance. It's so like, wow. It's almost like he's impersonating a the Dalek there. This is yeah. an ambulance. It is a little bit like, and it's it's that's just one, like the whole thing, even at, like at the end when he has them all captured in the Eye of Harmony and he walks in with the big high-collared, stupid-looking Gallifrey and Time Lord thing. He's, Which, by the way... Belonged to the Doctor because it was the Doctor's TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, it was so, probably is. And think about it, this belonged to the seventh Doctor, the small fella. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is Eric Roberts tall? Is he a tall man? Yeah, he's, he's taller than Sylvester McCoy. Yeah, it's probably fair. Be <laughs> you know, so, that and that was draping on him, so just imagine yeah. what it looked like on Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> yeah, but even that moment when he walks in and he does his grand entrance at the top of the stairs and like there's a moment where... I think he's dying or something at the end and he just kind of floats in the air and makes a lion noise. It's just, yeah. just everything he does in it is just, oh no, when he goes to the hospital to try and find the doctor's body or he's looking for whatever and he's like, yeah. um, the small Asian child. And even your <laughs> oh, one behind Bruce, the counter. you're yeah. awful. Your one behind the counter is like, 
what are you saying, Bruce, you massive racist? It's just it's just <laughs> incredible. Like everything he does is amazing. And I cannot I cannot stress enough that his performance is reason enough to watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, that's a that's a fair it's point. Great. Yeah. If you um, if you really want to just watch cheese pulled to the extreme, this is the movie for you. Yeah, yeah, go for it. What else did I like? The soundtrack. <laughs> no, I there the soundtrack's pretty good, I guess. Yeah. There's a bit loud at times. There's but that was nice. It's it's very much like it's very over the top at times. It's really like like there's some moments where they do the big like dun 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 kind of stuff and they do it's just big. It's kinda like they tried to make the soundtrack match Eric Roberts and nobody else. It was just like But the thing is, like modern who did that as well? Like, you know, that is there's even been jokes and skits made around the fact that sometimes the music is so loud you can't even hear actors talk you know so like again it's it's we can be snobby about this but it's not too far away from what we enjoy now no i mean i wouldn't even say that it's that it's too loud it's just too much at times there's too much of it like there there are scenes that didn't particularly need a grand orchestral booming thing behind them or something. But the music itself was very good. It was, yeah. And you can definitely hear, there's definitely elements, like pieces of it. You you could hear from, say, like the newer stuff, like in the new Who stuff, the fancy epic music that plays when the Doctor is like, that kind of thing that plays whenever Matt Smith does something cool. Yeah, like his theme for each. Yeah, Yeah, you can hear that. You can hear pieces of it in there. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's not the soundtrack is 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 decent in and of itself. I think I'm not yeah. necessarily certain it works great in the movie, but yeah. you could probably listen to it and be like, oh, this is kind of cool. Hmm. I mean, uh, what you else? What else? No, okay. no, I have another one. I have another one. Okay, there's there's a random crazy professor. Oh, who is just like he has built an atomic clock. That the doctor needs to destroy. Well, he needs to steal a piece of it to fix the TARDIS. Yeah. And this guy is insane. Like, yeah. he's just nuts for no reason. Yeah. We just meet him. I think they're trying to make him eccentric. And I'm sure there's some forum out there somewhere saying, actually, I think this might be a future doctor. Like, and that's why he acts so strange and oh, unusual. Yeah, and, and you know, there is, like. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a fanfic at the very least. Yeah. That professor. I don't know who he was. I can't remember his name, but he's like, he built a atomic clock, and he's yeah. hold, he's holding a New Year's Eve party to, so the clock starts at midnight, and he's going to usher in a new era of time, time. telling or something. I don't know. Yeah. But he's just insane for yeah. some reason. He's just like completely batshit, and he does all these weird like he starts meditating at one point, and he like throws things. Oh, he's just crazy, and I liked him. He was funny. Yeah. There okay. you go. Yeah, I suppose um, things that I liked, like I said before, I, I quite like Paul McGann in this. It's um, a very young performance by him, and I certainly think he develops it more later on in the Big Finish audios, but I, I liked that they shook it up a bit um, because one big thing about Classic Who is that a lot of the Doctors were a little bit more on the older side, not necessarily physically, but like, mentally kind of like a little bit oh we have to behave this proper way and like there were some exceptions peter davidson's um doctor was quite young and he was agile and he ran around and did 
PC things and all this kind of stuff. But, and you know, you could argue the Seventh Doctor also had a bit of fun about him. And all the Doctors have a bit of fun about him. Fourth Doctor, I mean, really like this, you know, fresh spirit of adventure and romantic. He's like, he's a very romantic Doctor. Like, you know, he he loves looking at the stars and then he, he loves all the extraordinary stuff, but he likes the ordinary stuff too. Like, you know, these shoes, they fit perfectly. And he, he's a dramatic piece of crap as well, where he's just like, there's a, there's a scene in the movie where, you know, the Doctor's trying to prove to Grace that all this is true and the world's being turned inside out. And he just kind of starts poking this window because she's had has him knocked out. And the window morphs and he walks through and says, Grace, we need to save this planet or it's going to be turned inside out at, at the strike of midnight. And all this kind of stuff. So I, I like... I, I gen- I'm not sure I, I'd say he has a wooden performance at all. I think he has a lot of love and energy and... I think of... I think he tries. I just don't think he's very good at it. Okay. Well, okay, fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, another thing I like, I, I love the TARDIS um, interior. Um, maybe not so much the Eye of Harmony room uh, where it gets very gothic, but I love the actual set where the time motor is at and the console. I, I just... I think it's gorgeous and it feels like something that's lived in it's not just like this very machine synthetic thing even though i know people that argue like but the Taurus is a machine and it is meant to be a cockpit basically so it should but nah no look why should the doctor suddenly be all about rules and how things should be you know <laughs> when it comes to his interior like you know throw a pair of socks over a hat stand or something that's that's what the doctor is about it's a weird way to say that. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I liked, and it's a controversial point, I liked things like the half-doctor mention and mention of his father and all this because I'm honestly one of those people that believes that we should always have more questions about the doctor. And anytime there's an answer to the doctor, there should it should open actually far more questions than before. So, yes, oh, look, we know the doctor has parents he had a father and mother oh wait his mother was human what and that opens a whole nother question like what happened there like time lords and humans can interlope does that mean mean like susan his granddaughter is like a quarter human now and oh it just brings more questions and isn't that the whole point of you know doctor who like that we have more questions that don't get answered doctor who there we go. Had to get uh, that out of my system. All the good Doctor Who fans were straight away and know what that's yeah, the reference. Sorry, to. I had to get that one out of my system. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like that—that that is part of the show. Like I mean, I'd have a problem if they re- like ex- explained anything they mentioned. Then I'd be like, "Oh, this is not a good idea." But yeah, give me some weird facts about his past, but that only bring more interest to his character because this is this is all part of the Cartmel plan when Sylvester McCoy was, like, the Doctor going to try to bring more and more, like, mystery to the Doctor again, because they felt the answer too much. Uh, it's There's actually a line in one of the um, Sylvester McCoy episodes where he goes, like, oh, I'm much more than just another Time Lord. Or and there's another mention where they're talking about how the TARDISes were made, and he went, yeah, the prototype was a bit tricky, which is weird, because the Doctor shouldn't have been around for the prototype. So, like, there were, like, allusions to the Doctor having had more involvement in the Time Wars than we know of. You know, it's, that's the stuff that I love, that, that kind of fringe, weird 
like canon. So yeah, that, that's that's certainly what I liked about the movie. And I don't really hate this movie. Um, I I, I, pretty, I think I pretty much watched this movie now about six or seven times. Not gonna lie, and I somehow enjoy it a little bit more each time. Like it is cheesy and it's not the most thought out movie, but there's some seeds of genius in there too. Like you know, well, uh, what don't you like about this movie? Oh, um, three things. Limit <laughs> limit yourself to three. Okay, well, one would be um the seventh doctor, the grand manipulator, the great pl- person who can plan everything, getting shot down in an alley. I just, I mean, maybe that's meant to be irony, but I feel like it's a pretty poor end. And the thing is, the bullets didn't even kill him. It was the exploratory surgery they were going to do on him. And that killed him. And I don't know. That's I, I, I would have liked to have seen Sylvester McCoy's doctor fighting his way out. And he didn't do that. And that's a little disappointing to me. Um, other things I didn't like. I think Chang Li could have probably have done with a bit more background. Like, let us understand, you know, what his circumstances are. Because all we know is that, hey, this kid is a thug. But he might be a nice thug. That's it. You know? Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that one. That was something I had as well, was just him in general. I think he's, I don't know, he's almost pointless in the movie. Because like, there's a book for this movie, of course, as there always is. And, you know, we, we actually learn about that Chang Li had a brother, how they grew up and all this kind of stuff. And I know it's it's not what the movie's about, but, like, <laughs> all we get is Chang Li literally helping the master throughout all this, trying to rob the doctor of his, like, stuff. And then at the end, the doctor goes, ah, yeah, cheeky old chap. Here's some gold dust. Have a good time. Don't get killed in an earthquake that he predicts. And that's it. It's just like, all right. Yeah, he's okay. kind of, I, he do, I don't know. He doesn't add anything to the movie for me. He's not really. He's, because, <sighs> I mean, think, think about this way, right? What if they made him, like, they explained the story that he was kicked out by his family. He had a terrible relationship with his father. He felt that he had no family left to him. And then here comes the father and father figure in the master. And we actually see him caring for him. And not just like, oh, yeah, I guess I could look after you. Ha, ha, ha. You actually want me to kill the master you? really trick him. Like, literally say, hey, no, Chang Li, it's fine. I'm going to help you, you know. This is what I like to do. Like, have a sincerity and then have the grand reveal and, re- you know, betrayal. Like, that would have been something. Yeah, anything would have been something. Yeah, so I'm not a big fan of Chinese character. I think that's a failure. Jesus, what other things I liked, didn't like about it? There was a lot of fluff in there. Um, stuff that didn't really need to make, have to be there. Like Grace Holloway's relationship with her boyfriend. I mean, what was the point there? What what did that add to the story? Only to say that, hey, I'm single, so the doctor can smooch me without us feeling bad about it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But they could have done that. They could have left out the boyfriend part, and we would have been none the wiser to whether or not she has a boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, she might just be single. Why are we assuming she's in a relationship? You know? Yeah. <laughs> or I one thing I really didn't like was that she knew everything the doctor was challenging her with, like transdimensional stuff, and or. And like we at first, like they, you could say, oh, because the master already has their like hypnotizing control of the goo that he shot at her. Just a 
sentence I didn't think I'd say on this podcast. Yeah, the, um, yeah. the, the, uh, but, the master like jizzes acid on her arm. Yeah, pretty much. And like, so suddenly she knows all these things about the TARDIS and all that. And, you know, I, you could argue that. But then when the, they kind of ha- have defeated the master to an extent, he goes, oh, run back to the TARDIS console and set the alarm. Just think about it, set the alarm. And she's just there pulling the wires out and like putting things together. And I'm just like, you don't know this. You're a heart surgeon. Don't get me wrong. But what do you know about complex Gallifreyan technology? You know, Damn it's it. just, I Doctor. don't know. It's just, it was just pulled out of nowhere to keep the plot going. And it makes no sense. Yeah. A lot of things in this are, I would say. Yeah. It's, it feels like a movie made of like 10 different movies. Yeah. Fair. It might've been. Yeah. To be honest. But yeah, so, <laughs> so those are things I didn't like. Anything you didn't like? Wasn't a fan of Paul McGann. Wasn't a fan of uh, Chang Lee. I didn't really like that the two companions die and then get brought back to life at the end. Why is that? I, I was just, I don't know. Surely. I don't know. It just, it feels like it would have been a bigger moment if one of them had died or... I don't know, would, to be honest. I, I'm not really... Maybe it, would, it just didn't maybe it sit f- right. It was especially how it happened that it was just like, oh, the TARDIS just... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so I, I don't know okay. what it did really, but just brought them back to life for some reason. It would have been. I think it would have been. It might have been good to let them stay dead if we knew for sure there was going to be like another movie or a TV show as was planned. But as a self-contained thing, it probably makes sense that they get brought back because this movie's not about things are terribly sad it's all about camp humor all about woohoo yeah I crazy guess. doctor ew. i think like one <laughs> of them, if one of if one of them had died or something it could have been a big thing that could have maybe informed this doctor's character going forward but like yeah i don't know i just thought that was kind of a it felt like a cop out almost the way they did it it's just weird maybe it's because two of them got brought back let's say you know chang li actually survived and didn't get killed, and she got killed, and you could have Chinese saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, I I shouldn't have trusted the master and the doctor. It's fine, it's not your fault. It's just a shame, you know. She's died, and then maybe she gets brought back. You know, or she, or could she just see a bit more of character from Chang Li. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe I don't know. They could have done something. I just didn't really like that moment, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Now, he'd be a good doctor. Call him Meanie? Yeah. Imagine a grumpy doctor in like a Victorian vest sort of thing. And he's just, just having Basie be uh, Chief O'Brien from Star Trek, just being pissed off all the time. Dan, you wouldn't have an Irish doctor. Uh, You could have a Northern Ireland doctor. No, they wouldn't stand for it. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. I've always said I'd love a Commonwealth doctor, actually. I love like maybe like an Indian doctor or something. I, uh, we got a Scottish doctor. Which is pretty that, much Indian, yeah. That suits you? I mean, about as close as you're going to get. Three Scottish doctors, to be fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but we yeah. had a, one that was like spoke Scottish. Well, Sylvester McCoy had a few accent. rolling R's coming through there from his accent. Did he? He did, yeah. All right, so what's your Jesus moment? I mean, Eric Roberts. <laughs> which, <laughs> I mean, uh, just in general. 
just in general i mean there's so many great lines you know that uh, i always dress for the occasion that's always like a jesus and it's not like he just says it like anyone who watches it knows when you say that line you have to do the movement as well he does like this weird open air curtsy and say i always dress for the occasion and like like i love like the thing is right in hindsight we know doctor who came back because at the time people were banking on this to bring back doctor who full-time and this movie failed doing that right it did so a lot of people were angry at this movie for it. So they looked at Eric Roberts and said, well, he was fucking ridiculous. He was nothing like the master, blah, blah, blah. And then there's people, you know, who thought maybe Paul McGann was a bit wooden, like you said. And they were, they were frustrated at this movie. And they said, oh, Americans ruined it again. Again, I don't... Well, they, mm, let's not go down that road. But, yeah, so Eric Roberts, in hindsight, now that we know Doctor Who came back and we didn't have to worry, he was very much a why did they choose him and why did he choose to do that you know has he has he done many like interviews or anything regarding it yeah he's talked about it and he's been pretty happy um he talks fondly of it like you know i i i'm not actually sure if he's talked poorly of the movie and i hope he hasn't because i don't think he deserves to like admonish himself because performed he, he created a, look can we say this for sure he created a unique character there didn't he oh yeah definitely and i mean yeah. he made a decision and he ran with it yeah he didn't compromise he just fucking nope. did it and i i respect it you know he went for a loony raving madman and it and he did very well pulled it off <laughs> yeah so yeah, like that's my AJ's moment. I mean, it's it's usually his weird one lines off like this is an ambulance. Like it's just he had these weird pitches. Or actually, probably the AJ's moment that made me cringe was when he's talking to one at the hospital trying to find out where the body is, and he's just like casually peeling the fingernail off his finger. Yeah, and it's just like ah, yeah, Jesus, cool. this body <laughs> um, is molting. Yeah. Or, you know, when he's sleeping and he's snoring and the snake just chokes him to death by going down his throat. Like, there was a lot of the person who would, like, again, like, it's made for the segment. It's the, oh, Jesus. Yeah, the whole movie is kind of just a, Jesus, what the yeah, fuck absolutely. is going on here? Because there's, yeah. <laughs> it's just nonstop, like, scene after scene of, like, wait, what? <laughs> what just happened? What did he say? Like, like, could you imagine? It's 1996. You're living in Britain. You were a Doctor Who fan from, you know, let's say you're about 18. And you remember watching Doctor Who when you were like 11 and 12. And you've been like looking forward to more Doctor Who. Oh, my God. They're making a movie. Oh, my God. They have real money behind it. This is amazing. And you go to one of the few cinemas that actually has a screening for it in the UK. You sit down and you watch that. Mind How many moments blown. do you think went, what the fuck? Life forever changed. There's yeah, no going just back. Like, do you think they just literally went, oh, well, I guess Doc Cruz over then. <laughs> you yeah. know? Oh, well, yeah. I guess I don't like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Time to so, move on. I guess I'll go watch that Star Wars thing or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard great things about episode one. It's going to yeah, come out in four yeah, years. Yeah, I heard, it's going to be great. I heard, heard George Lucas is bringing back Star Wars. Maybe that'll be great. <laughs> Oh, so true. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's your Jesus moment? 
God, it was it was hard to pick one. It's probably the like weird gooey window thing <laughs> when um the doctor is in Grace's house and she's trying to call an ambulance to get him taken to a psych ward. <laughs> nah. Yeah, he's like standing outside. She has like a a large like a glass sliding door or whatever at the back of her house. <laughs> he's just like Grace. Time is. Ch- I don't know what the fuck. He gives some nonsense yeah. doctor explanation that time is doing weird shit. I don't know. Yeah. And he's just like, he puts his hand on it first and the window pane like turns, it's like jelly, like clear jelly. And yeah. then he just like walks through it or something. It's this weird jello doctor shot that like he steps through a, a like a ge- gelatin window pane and you almost expect him to come out like covered in goo or something. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, like, it's meant to be this big, massive moment in the planet. It's it's going to be turned inside out. But the only thing we kind of get is that window scene with jelly. You know, the only time we get to any sort of realization something's going wrong is that scene and the television going, yeah, strange weather patterns. Yeah, like, you know, else is saying anything else. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't come up again. It doesn't. There's no other instances of like, oh, the world is reality is collapsing or. Like, Except at the very end, like when it's actually happening, like yeah. But even then, they don't show it like that. No, they don't. They just show like weird, a weird montage of like clips of people doing things, and it's like, oh, time is collapsing. But it's like, but the the world was turning into jelly ten minutes ago. What the hell happened there? Yeah, like why didn't they fall through the floor and stuff like yeah. that? Like it was just that one, just an isolated bubble of reality in. Grace's living room or something. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. That's probably, if I had to pick one, maybe I'll go with that. So we're not yeah. talking about Eric Roberts more. Again, and here's the thing, like, I'm not even hating Eric Roberts here at all. Not at all. Like, it, he had, it was very entertaining. Yeah, Jesus. No, on, no, no, no. I hope, I read, I hope at this point people can tell that I'm not, that when I speak of things like this, I'm saying them with love. Because it's yeah. incredible. Absolutely. Oh, oh, okay, so CG, though. Oh, God, the CG. Uh, the snake. Yeah, it's and bad. It's it Hill. was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the TV show hasn't caught up to those marvellous graphics of 1996. <laughs> I mean, it hadn't by 2005, really. What? Not in a BBC budget. Ah... Maybe you're right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, fair enough. Yes, Mr. Frodo. It's over now. So, what you think of the movie? I have to treat it like a modern fan. I sat watching Doctor Who in 2005. I knew Doctor Who was here to stay for now which has been 15 years, which is amazing, really. Like, shows don't do this normally, especially in the UK. I think it's a really, really fun curiosity. Do you think it's a good movie? No. I think it's 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 not the best movie, but I think there's lots of like, little presents and nuggets in there which are fun and entertaining for older fans. Do you think there's anything in there for people who aren't Doctor Who fans? No, I think anyone who'd watch this would never want to watch Doctor Who again. Like, anyone yes. who's never watched Doctor yeah. Who, if they watch this, would go, oh, God, is this what Doctor Who is? Well, no, thank you. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, it's <laughs> you fair. know? 
Yeah, definitely. I think it's complete garbage. Yeah. Like, start you to finish, like garbage. it's terrible. It's a really bad movie. It's every single bad thing you can think about that happens in TV movies just drained into a bowl and thrown on the screen for an yeah. hour and a half. It's over the top. It doesn't really make sense. The leads, with the exception of Eric Roberts, take the whole thing and themselves too seriously. It looks bad, and the effects are dodgy. It's Doctor yes. Who. It's Doctor Who. It's genuinely Doctor Who. That's what I think. I mean, it. that's the thing. I, I hate when anyone denies it being Doctor Who. I say, oh, this is not how Doctor Who should be. And don't get me wrong. Again, I like the more, like, philosopher, you know, air punches of Doctor Who with these amazing speeches. Like, that's what you, but Matt Smith, like, you know, is one of the things that you really enjoyed. You've told me this in the past. His, you know, his big speeches, his big stand up, and I'm going to face you down and do these amazing things. I love that part, Doctor Who, but that's like an episode every four or five episodes. The rest is just like, oh, there's a farting alien. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> you know? It's just there's a random, awkwardly designed alien this week that does weird things that don't really make sense. Yeah. The oh, there's another here. guy with a boiler suit who has an alien mask on. Cool. Yeah. You know? Cool, yeah, that's all right. And the thing is, right, yes, we can give out, but we're not giving out about it. Like, that is what Doctor Who is, and it's entertaining, yeah. and it's fun, and it's oh, lighthearted. No. The Daleks you know? are here. Just run away, yeah. man. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just run away again. Run. Like, it's grand. Like, <laughs> they're not very agile creatures. Yeah. Just run away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just. Nah, it's, like, it's yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's fine. It's not. It's a terrible movie, but yeah, it's Doctor uh, Who. It's Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, and I, I tend to agree with you. And you know, like again, I'm a diehard fan, but and I certainly enjoy when Doctor Who actually stretches his muscles and has something to say. But same time, these runaround adventures, entertaining, fun. I mean, Paul McGann. As much as you you say he's wooden, he he is feels very much like a doctor, at least in the modern idea of it, you know. And yeah, so final thoughts: a terrible movie, a t- not a great movie put together. But if you put take off your critique hat and just want to enjoy some cheesy silliness, the Eighth Doctor movie, nineteen ninety six, well worth watching. Eric Roberts is blessed for life. Eric Roberts is blessed for life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That is my takeaway hey. from this. Did you know he's the brother of Julia Roberts? I was mentioned meant to mention that at the beginning. I'm not sure if I did, but there you go. You didn't. That would there make Wait, is he Emma Roberts' dad? I don't know who Emma Roberts is. She's Julia Roberts' niece. She's an actress. Yes, yes he is. Yes, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Oh, yeah. there we go. That's something, you know? There you go. Emma Roberts, dad, king of everything and owner of my heart until I watch another terrible movie that I really enjoy. You'd, like, if he came back to the show, you'd watch it, wouldn't you? I'd be forced to at this point. I wouldn't be able to not (laughs) check in and see what he's at, you know? Yeah. Ah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see him kind of come back to the screen. There's a, there's a few like older of classic who actors. I'd love to come back to modern who not necessarily because I'm all about, Oh, references and history. It's just like, 
it'd be fun to see them like form again, you know? Yeah, I'm sure it would be. Yeah. But um yeah, that's our um review and uh, it's, it's not really a review what we do. It's a little chat about the Doctor Who movie from nineteen ninety six starring Paul McGann. Do we have any Doctor Who fan listeners? Um, you know, comments. I'm sure we'll have comments somewhere. Uh tell us uh, which is your favourite Doctor, which is pretty much what every um, show seems to ask people. Also, tell us your favourite worst performance in any show. Like a performance that's just so cheesy and over the top that you just adore because it's so cheesy and over the top. You know, that, yeah. That'd be fun to yeah, hear. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, Owen, do you want to give us a little clue, a little hint, a little tidbit of what we'll pre- review next week? Oh, I'm super excited for the next one. Next week's movie is a an older buddy cop movie starring a teen movie star from the 1980s. Interesting. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait. And uh, I, gen- yeah. I don't know what this is, but no, I want you to be surprised. Terrible. I want you to just sit down and go, "What the hell is this?" Because <laughs> all right, I can't yeah. wait. Um, actually, here's another question for people if they want to add it. Tell us what sort of uh weird movies we should watch we're always happy to add things to our list yeah definitely and as always we you can reach us on social media we are on facebook at the sure it'll be grand podcast you can find us on twitter at sure underscore grand uh you can reach us via email if that's your flavor and you're an old person uh at the what's it sure it'll be grand podcast at gmail.com yeah, so send us in, answer or our questions. Or voodoo board, uh, Ouija board even. Ouija we board, I have, a, uh, I have a nest outside for carrier pigeons. I have a, like a large glass of water on my windowsill, so all you need to do is stand outside my windowsill and like jump a few times, and the ripples, I can read them as Morse code, if you want to do that as yeah, well. Yeah, you can do that. I'm, I'm training currently to read smoke signals, so if you do yeah. that way, I might only get like half the message, but I'll figure it out. I think uh, use a mask while using the smoke signals, please, folks. Uh, it's COVID times. Yeah, it's very important. Very yeah. uh, in general, when dealing with smoke, you should wear protection. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, we certainly enjoyed watching and talking about it. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>